0: Hi, this is Delcina with Keeping It Fit for Life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to us both growing together as we go through this journey of learning new habits and skills that will help improve both our fitness and our health for life. Hello everybody, this is Delcina West with Keeping It Fit for Life bringing you another segment of impactful information for your health and wellness to help you to have a better quality of life. Glad you tuned in today, whether you are on the radio or on the podcast, I'm enjoying the opportunity for you to take the time to listen to something that may help you or your family members. Today we're gonna be talking about diabetes. As a matter of fact, we're gonna be talking a little bit about diabetes for this whole month. It is Diabetes Awareness Month. And with that, I think there's some very good information that we can put out there regarding your nutrition, your fitness, your stress level, that all impact diabetes. So before I begin with that, let me tell you a little bit about what uh, diabetes is. Or more specifically, your A1C, which is a measure of determining whether you are—you have diabetes, you're pre-diabetic, or you're diabetes. So your A1C is a blood test for type 2 diabetes and for pre-diabetes, and it measures your average blood glucose or blood sugar over a period of about 3 months. So doctors use that measurement to determine if you are pre-diabetes or if you're, how well you're managing your diabetes. Now, a normal A1C level is below 5.7, and a pre-diabetes level is between 5.7 to 6.4%. But if you get an A1C number that's above 6.5, then you are full-fledged in type 2 diabetes. I hope that this might prompt you to, one, get it checked out, or two, if you already have diabetes, to at least take a look at your numbers periodically to make sure that you're managing it well. So let me tell you what happened to me at the beginning of this year. I believe it was... Uh, the end of January beginning of February and I was feeling really horrible. My stress level was up to the sky I Wasn't really paying much attention to my eating I hadn't been working out very well because I've still been recuperating from my shoulder replacement surgery and Just feeling rotten all around. I couldn't shake what was going on. I was sluggish I wasn't losing weight as a matter of fact. I think I was gaining weight and my stomach was just bloated I just couldn't figure it out and I started to kind of re-diagnose myself in essence you know started to check my diet well this seemed pretty good and I wasn't doing the exercises that I used to but I started back doing some um, exercise on my elliptical bike well not the elliptical machine the elliptical machine and my stationary bike because you know I can't use anything that is hard pounding on my knees those days are out of the way And so then I started looking at those things and they were doing just fine. Well, I went to my doctor and I said, look, doc, I'm feeling terrible. I'm not losing weight. Things just aren't doing right. I just need an overall checkup to see what's going on with me. Well, he did the overall checkup and said, well, everything looks good except for you're pre-diabetic. I go, what? Wait a minute. I'm pre-diabetic. I can't be pre-diabetic. I'm the fitness person, I teach nutrition, I exercise all my life, I've been a bodybuilder, I've been a competitor, I'm in the military, how can I be pre-diabetic, what the heck is going on? That scared me very much. Then he goes on to tell me, well, you need to lose weight, and you need to exercise, and you need to watch your intake of this and that and the other, and I'm like looking at him like, okay, doc, um, I talk about this stuff all the time i am not overweight at the time i was maybe 144 pounds but i was technically overweight by the numbers for my age and my size i want me to be under 136 pounds because my bmi was a little bit higher and so he proceeds to tell me all the specific things about pre-diabetes and how terrible it is and my risk factors And from that point on, it just went on like blah, 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 because in my mind, I'm thinking, how the heck can I be pre-diabetic when I've lived a lifestyle pretty much on track with being as healthy as possible? Well, come to find out for myself in particular, my diabetic um, numbers were going up primarily because of stress in my life and i'm going to talk to you about stress and how that can affect your overall health because of your cortisol levels that are affected by stress but that's just to let you know that yes i got diagnosed with pre-diabetes after i realized what the issues were a combination of stress not enough exercise not really paying attention to my nutrition I got right on top of that, and today I can say, ta-da, my numbers are below 5.7, so I am no longer pre-diabetic. So I'm happy about that. But we're going to talk about some myths about diabetes, because everybody's heard diabetes, diabetic, don't show sugar, you can't have carbs, you can't have sugar, you can't do this, you can't do that. But there are some real hard and true facts by the American Diabetics Association. I'm getting this information directly from them. So if you have any beefs with the information, you can go talk to them, but these guys have the authority on diabetes. So let's I'm going to ask answer a few questions and if we get to it today, great. If not, we'll just do a part 2. Or you can ask me additional questions by going to my Facebook page, which is Delcina or Fit for Life PT LLC. Or you can check me out on my podcast later on, which is Delsina and Fitness. So the first question is, if you're overweight, will you always develop type 2 diabetes? And most people feel, well, if you're overweight, you definitely are going to have diabetes. Well, let's see what the answer is. What does science say? Being overweight is a risk factor for developing diabetes, but there are other risk factors Also, such as your physical activity, your family history, ethnicity, your age, they all play a role. Unfortunately, many people think that weight is the only risk factor for type 2. But many people with type 2 diabetes are at normal weight or only moderately overweight. See, I was moderately overweight, and if I had continued, I would have fallen into having full-blown type 2 diabetes. So it's not just that you're overweight, okay? Do sugary drinks cause diabetes? Because I heard some people call it the sugar disease or having the sugar or something like that. I'm not sure what the slang is. But people think that sugary drinks cause diabetes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Research has shown that drinking sugary drinks is linked to type 2 diabetes. The American Diabetes Association recommends that people avoid drinking sugar-sweetened beverages and switch to water whenever possible to help prevent type 2 diabetes. Now, sugary drinks also raise your blood sugar and can provide several hundred calories in just one serving. I mean, think about it. If you have a 12-ounce can of soda, you're having 150 calories or 40 grams of sugar. And that's equal to 10 teaspoons of sugar. I mean, I don't know of any of you who would voluntarily take 10 teaspoons of sugar out of the sugar bowl and put it in your mouth. But when you drink a 12-ounce soda, that's pretty much what you're doing. And it's not just soda. Sugar-sweetened beverages are things like fruit punch, fruit drinks, energy drinks, sports drinks, sweet tea, sweetened coffee drinks. Now you guys know those sweetened coffee drinks from things like Starbucks or coffee, wherever, they have a lot of sugar in them. Other sugary drinks, even juices, have a lot of sugar in them. So you do have to be careful about sugary drinks. It's always better to drink water or things that are low in sugar and low in calories because it doesn't fill us up, but the byproduct is that it helps us gain weight because we're drinking too many calories too quickly. The other thing, is diabetes a serious disease? Well, it seems like a pretty stupid question to ask in the middle of this, but some people really don't think that it is a serious disease, and the science says yes. Diabetes causes more deaths per year than breast cancer and AIDS combined. See, that's really pretty c- critical. And having diabetes nearly doubles your chance of having a heart attack. The good news is that managing your diabetes can reduce your risk for the complications. So if you have been diagnosed with diabetes or you're pre-diabetic, it is serious. You can die. Think about that statistic. You hear of breast cancer and AIDS, but... Diabetes causes more deaths than breast cancer and AIDS combined, so you better get serious about it. Alright, so another question is, do people with diabetes need to eat special foods? Hmm, well, no. You don't need special foods. You just need to be aware of the foods you're eating. The science says packaged foods with special diabetes-friendly claims may still raise your blood glucose level and, on top of that, be more expensive. So you and they also contain sugar alcohols that can have like a laxative effect that was really popular during the Atkins craze of dieting. And that's a whole nother story to go through. (laughs) Uh, A healthy meal plan for people with diabetes is generally the same as a healthy meal plan for anybody. In fact, there are a lot of different eating plans that can help you manage your diabetes. So in general, a healthy eating plan for diabetes will include lots of Things that I'm always talking about, non-starchy vegetables, limited added sugars, you know, not eating refined grains, eating whole grains, prioritizing whole foods over highly processed foods when possible. So a whole food would be like a whole potato, and a highly processed version of that would be a potato chip. So you can eat all the potatoes you want versus having bags of potato chips. But theoretically, you couldn't sit down and eat like six potatoes normally. But you could go through a couple bags of potato chips in no time flat. So those are the type of things you want to keep your uh, mind abreast. Now, if you have diabetes, can you eat starchy foods such as bread, potatoes and pasta? Well, we just kind of talked about that. Starchy foods can be part of a healthy meal plan, but your portion sizes is key. Because, you know, these foods will have more carbs and eating them will raise your blood sugar if you are overeating them. So if you're eating your portion sizes, you are going to be managing how much you're taking in and how much your body has to process at one time. A good rule of thumb for most people is to use your hands to determine a good portion size for you because your hand should be relatively balanced with your body unless, you know, some people out there with blonde hair and red skin that their hands are really teeny tiny Um, so if you look at your hand and you look at the inside of your palm with your hand cupped that's one serving of starches your palm and your hand opened up that's one serving of meat if your fist is balled up that's one serving of a fruit uh, well like vegetables and fruit too and your thumb can be used to identify how much fat like an oil or butter margarine or sour cream that you should have in a serving so those are some you know simple little tips that you can use to help you identify your servings okay so not sure where to start exactly there's a quick little easy trick that you can use to help you with your portions also and it's not having a large plate when you eat or serve your food if you start with a well don't start you should use a smaller plate nothing larger than a nine inch plate for example to put your for, your portion of foods in there now don't go trying to pile it up as high as you can since you can't make it as wide as possible but use that as a guide and eat anything you want initially initially so that you can train your body to eat smaller portions. Now once you train your body to eat smaller portions. Then you can go into making those choices better. From which you choose. And still maintaining a good portion. And some of these Techniques and tricks are things that I use in my coaching program to help people modify their lifestyle without having it take over your life because you want to find things that you can do every day that are simple and you can use in any situation at any time and those lifestyle changes are really the key to creating the long term effects of better health, lower weight, improved lifestyle, improved fitness and You know, you just have to take it one step at a time. If you need some coaching on that, that's my specialty. Okay, one more question, and then we're going to wrap it up. Can people with diabetes eat sweets or chocolate? Mm, We talked a little bit about sugar, right? And we talked about portions and carbs. So this kind of falls into that. So the ADA says, if eaten as a part of a healthy meal plan, sweets and desserts can be eaten by people with diabetes. The key to sweets is to have a very small portion and save them for special occasions. So you focus your meals on healthier foods, right? And I know some of you are going, what, small portion, save for a special occasion. (laughs) Well, you can do that. This is the thing for myself. I like to have something sweet after each meal, but it doesn't have to be chocolate. It doesn't have to be a caramel. It doesn't have to be a pumpkin pie or a cheesecake. I can easily have a small bowl of strawberries and blueberries and blackberries, sprinkle a little Splenda on there. I know some people have problems with Splenda. And that's really good. That's all the sugar that I need. Now, if we have a birthday party or a special celebration or going out to eat, I'll have some dessert. But usually I'm too full for my food to have a lot of dessert. And that's because I'm listening to my stomach. If you really pay attention to yourself when you go out to eat, for example, because I know many of us go out to eat in this fast-paced world, after you've eaten your meal, if you're feeling full, there's no need for you to order dessert. You're just basically taking a big, long, silver nail and hammering it into your coffin of death. You know when you've eaten all your food, sometimes you can't even finish your food. You have to take a carry out and you're still going to eat dessert. Now you know you're wrong. So use your brain. Be wise about it. Use your belt size to help you to guide. If it's too tight, don't eat the dessert. Save it for special occasions or do like me sometimes. Sometimes I go out just to eat the dessert because I really, truly want to enjoy it and I don't want to overeat in my calories at that time well i hope that some of these information have helped you out giving you something to think about if you are or have been diagnosed as pre-diabetic or diabetic go and talk with your doctor if it's been a while check your a one c numbers see if you're within healthy zones and if you're not start taking steps to improve your lifestyle because it's not just your life that you're affecting, it's the life of your husband and/or wife, children, grandchildren. Everyone around you is affected by your health. Okay? So thank you so much for listening today. This is Delcina with Keeping It Fit for Life. You can find me on my podcast at Delcina and Fitness, or you can Tune on in to 98.5 FM The Rock if you're in Central Texas on Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 noon or you can go to their website, download the Listen Live and listen also. They always have, also have some really great programs that you want to tune into throughout the week. Thank you so much for everything. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really enjoy spending time with you. And remember, if you want any additional information on what we spoke about today or any questions relating to health and fitness, please search for me on www.fitforlifeptllc or on my new coaching site, which is www.procoach.app/delcina. I'm always found on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. And once again, thank you so much. Have a beautiful and healthy day.